We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is a Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Wobriety. Community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hey, yeah. One more time. One more time. Oh, baby, one more time. I know Crowfer's over, <laughs> but I just want to say. Oh, baby, one more time. I know it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> so let's go around the arbor. Just one more time. Oh, oh baby, one more time. Around the arbor. Just one more time. <laughs> one more time. And then we can say goodbye. We can just mack by the porta potties <laughs> one more time. Oh man, that's so oh baby, one more time. Mack by the porta potties. <laughs> bust the mack, then. <laughs> you know what, man? When you said that, I automatically <laughs> smelt that smell, man. That what baby, a busting a mack. Before it turns into a What does busting a mack smell like? <laughs> All that chemical smell in those porta potties. <laughs> Mac by the porta potty. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Mac in the porta potty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never seen people do that one? Mac, seen people macking in the porta potty? Well, you know, like, like yeah. making out. Try, like making yeah, out, right? Making out in there. You try to open the door and, oh, my bad. Sorry. What? I, no. didn't, I didn't realize this was occupied. <laughs> I don't know. Yo, has anybody ever walked in on you? <laughs> really just macking away in the handicap one. <laughs> that one with the extra room. She needed extra room. <laughs> oh, baby, one more time. Just singing away to her. Oh, the party's occupied. Just one more time. <laughs> oh, you guys are full of baloney. Oh, man, that's horrible. Over here to my left. All the way from L Jesus, he's the pod Gotti. Randy B in the place to be. Say what's up. What's up? Hey, ha, ha, ha. And over here to my right, all the way from Arrow Creek, he goes Bob when I know, I know, I know your favorite Indian, JCB. Say what's up. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> what's up, yo? And you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs, aka. Baby, one more time. <laughs> That's going to be stuck in my head all night, man. Mark Riblet. Oh. Check him out on YouTube. He's I crazy. I hate you. I blame that on you. <laughs> Mark Riblet on YouTube. He's awesome. You guys, I need to check him out. Allow you. Allow me to cuss you out ahead of time because tonight before I go to sleep, <laughs> I'm going to wake up laughing. You're just going to be laying there. Oh. One, One more time. time. <laughs> what Titan? Dear, please, what Titan? Around uh, the arbor. One more time. In the sauna. <laughs> At parade dance. One more time. <laughs> After election time. <laughs> Baloney.
<laughs> that's, that's how you know you've been macking a little too long. Still holding on to your after elections. And we're still macking on parade dance day. It's going to mm. last. Right. <laughs> it's going to last. At least till next Crow Fair, huh? If you're macking on parade dance day, then you know it's getting serious. Oh, she's a, she's a keeper. One more time. <laughs> 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 what was it one time we were going We got up early We're leaving Crow Fair We're leaving the campgrounds Going over that bridge by the college Here there's this uh, This dude was walking And um, <laughs> The people in my car were like Oh look at him He's doing the walk of shame <laughs> Where at? We're leaving like the campground In the morning yeah. to go into Hardin It's like, oh, like before the parade It's probably about 8 o'clock Here this dude was walking Like he looked all like hurting and stuff and somebody in the car was like, Oh, look, they're doing the walk of shame. <laughs> and I had the window down and he looked over and pause. I just sped off. <laughs> <laughs> Shafted. <laughs> oh, it's real funny. All right. Oh, well, at this time, I say it's crazy. It's different now when you like, so like for me, I spend like all of Crow Fair just baited. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then once I started sobering up, I'm like, Damn, it's early. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Like drinking all night? Like partying all night and how yeah. like in my stupor, yeah. I'm thinking like, okay, like everybody's having fun. But then like when you're sober, then you see everybody like being stupid. You're like, damn, that really stands out. Like, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So in other words, <laughs> you, you see it for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And even like the um, the Sunday night doorway songs and stuff. Like yeah. The past few years that we went pre-pandemic, uh, they were terrible, man. They couldn't even finish the song. They get all the way to the word part and they mess up. Then it'll be quiet for a little bit. And then they start singing it again until they got to the word part. And then they jack it all up. Juice? Yeah. Like not even some legit singers. They thought they were, huh? Yeah. Slanging my teepees. Like, come on, get it together. I don't want to have to come out there. Don't want to have to come out there and lead this little. I might have a warrant, so I don't want to be around you guys. (laughs) Might have a warrant. The only one to get caught. Yeah. I have an old warrant from Crow Fear, 2001. Jeez. That don't seem as fun as it used to be, though. No. Is that I, haven't experi- I haven't experienced one sober. Oh, like a Crow Fair? No, n- no, the, the doorway oh, songs. Oh, the doorway songs? They, they come over to where we camp. That's like the second stop. Yeah. Like, probably like 50 yards away from where we are, so you can hear them real loud. They're all loud. There's hundreds of them out and there. It's just dumb, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> No, oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I haven't experienced one sober, you know? Yeah. They're all right. I went to one sober once because I had to drive back uh, and work Monday at the forestry back in the yeah. day. So I went to the door, the Sunday night doorway, so I was sober. I was kind of eerie, like, watching my back. I was like, oh, man, I don't know someone, you know? Yeah. Someone just juice, throwing out that sucker punch. <clears throat> I was just sober, and right I was watching my back the whole time. I tried to explain that to non-natives and they, they don't get it like just out of the blue a sucker punch yeah yeah it happens <laughs> i've been suckered have yeah have you yeah sucks boom man you're just like what the hell like, you know i mean for a split second you're like what the hell and then like the next other split second is like oh i know what's happening <laughs> yeah you gotta start get your cookies up yeah that's crazy mm. 
Anyway, I'll toss it over at this time. Over to <laughs> your favorite along. Indian. He's got a game for us. A game. Take it away. <laughs> oh, Karen. Hey, girl. What's up? Hey, All right. So you so uh, pretty. If you guys, you guys know what Mad Libs are, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Ad are libs? they like Mad Libs? Mad Libs. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? I think so. Explain it. It's basically like a short little story, maybe about a paragraph long, and then okay. certain okay. keywords are missing. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, kind of like uh, Wheel of Fortune. No, no, but these are words in part of this. Like story. keywords. Yeah, keywords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, you two are going to fill them in. It wouldn't be the same if I helped out because I'm reading it and I know what, you know. I One know, more time. I know the context. You guys don't know the context yet. Okay. Okay. So we'll try that. We'll see how that goes. All um, right. But. Yeah. This is Res Kid style. All right. So let's see. What do we got? For, Say less, fam. What do, what do we what do we have for res res kid? What did I say? Mad libs. Uh, res kid mad libs. Come on, come on. Oh, you want us to do the intro? Yeah, you guys are always singing. Okay, <laughs> give me give me something. Res what? Res kids. Mad oh, libs. the R E Z K I D S. Mad libs, baby. Mad libs. You like how I ad libbed that? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Mad oh, you mad libbed it. Oh, yeah. Mad lib. One more time. All right. <clears throat> oh, what? Tajan. Okay. So I, <laughs> that's why I got the notebook out today. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. Okay. So the first word we're going to need is an adjective. An adjective. An adjective. Describing a person, place, or thing? The description word, yes, sir. Okay, uh, adjective. Let's so see. it could be... Stinky. Stinky? Yes. To get off your phone, we're playing the game. I'm looking up adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> Is All that right. what you call her? <laughs> Stinky. Stinky. I'm, try- I'm sorry, I'm trying to pay attention oh, to the draft tonight. Work. Oh, yeah. We're having tough... T- can't even talk. We're having tough. So, what's an adjective <laughs> again? Is like an action word, right? No, uh, no. A verb. No verb. An adjective so, adjective is, a, is like a conjunction. No, a descriptive word. Something you yeah. do. So, describes a person, place, or thing. Warm, stink, pew pew, <laughs> real pew pew, and slimy. Yeah. Okay. No, <laughs> oh yeah. You you have to decide on one of those. Stinky. I don't know. Stinky. All right. Go first stinky. <laughs> The first one was stinky. What is stinky, Alex? Okay, so that so the next one we're gonna oh we're gonna need another adjective. Go ahead. So you did stinky, uh, stinky. Come on, come on, friends, kids. Let's go. Think of Valley of the Cheese ugly. and Arrow Creek, huh? Ugly, ugly. <laughs> Yuck! You're ugly. <laughs> Yuck! That's just ugly. <laughs> I'm like, there you go. We'll just say just ugly. All right. Yuck, you're just ugly. <laughs> you got to add the yuck. Ugly. You want me to say, you can't put your in there. How about yuck, just ugly? Sure. How come we can't put yuck, your? This is not an adjective. Okay. Yeah, yuck, ugly. Just yuck. put ugly. Hey, <laughs> yuck, yuckly? <laughs> just put ugly. All right, ugly then. All right, okay, all right. so uh, we need a type of bird. Oh, uh, jailbird! Yeah, jailbird. <laughs> they can't fly. 
they can't All fly. Right. Okay, jailbird. All right. And so, man, I got it. One more time. Oh, what touching? <laughs> Mark Riblet. One more time. Check it out. Okay, now a room in a house. Oh, uh, closet. The boom boom room. <laughs> the boom boom room. <laughs> Can we put the boom boom room? Is that what you want? Yes. Raise boom Raise boom room. Raise boom boom room. <laughs> yes, sir. That, it's got to be a. Done. Randy's boom boom. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Uh, Life. Uh, yeah. I'm, putting uh, J- I'm putting it down. JC Bunny's up. <laughs> Randy Bun's boom boom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when everybody was like, we use Zoom a lot. Yeah. So then, like on uh, calendar invites, I put location as Zoom Zoom room. Uh huh. Nobody thought that was funny. Oh really? Yeah, nobody thought it was funny. They probably didn't, probably even, didn't even get it. Yeah, yeah the I zoom zoom room. I got it. Oh, I did that with one of ours too. I think yeah, the zoom zoom. Welcome mm. to the zoom. Okay, zoom. we need a verb past tense. So in other words, ran. I not run, but ran. Um, I raned. Let's see a past tense verb. Yeah, it's a past tense action. Slapped. Verb. I slapped. Yeah. I'm not supposed to read it. Uh, yeah. Slap Sorry. It. Slap it. All right. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. So we need another verb, I guess, present tense. Go ahead. Present tense verb. Come on. Think, out, think outside the box. Laugh. <laughs> Laugh? <laughs> yeah. Is it? It's what verb? do you mean, think outside the box? I don't know. Just, you know. There's so, like thing. a present tense word? Yeah, present tense action word. Okay, ran. That's so not outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what, is that what you want? Okay, we're, we'll, we're not going to overthink it. What did I say? I, um, so, I rode bikes yesterday. How would you say that? I rode. rode. But that's past tense, too. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. I ride uh, bikes yesterday. <laughs> I ride it bikes today. I ride it. Ride it today. You want to ride it bikes? <laughs> um, shoots, I don't know what would be outside the box. Uh, spanked. Yeah. Spank. Spank. Oh, spank. Okay. All right. One uh, more time. That's going up. Uh, uh, boy, did they? I could say. I mean, all you know, we're not going to overthink it. So yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess that's half the fun. Okay, <clears throat> now we need a relative's name. Maybe not a name, but Antisha. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Put Antisha. You can't. You can't use that because I'm reading it and I know what it says. Antie. So, that so, is something else. Oh, okay. Uh, let's do a nephew. Uncle. <laughs> uncle then. Uncle. I'm just a deadly uncle. All right, and we'll spell it the way we say Uncle Mike. Yeah, Uncle Mike. Coach. Uncle. Uncle. Coach. All right, we need a noun. Person, place, or thing. Good. That's man. You can you could say just about anything. Buns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's singing. one more time. Oh, what jam? Oh, baby, one more time. How is the word buns being used? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want? Okay, we'll put buns. All right. <clears throat> anyway, so moving on. A couple more here. Uh, liquid. Hey, go ahead. 
<laughs> I'm gonna say something inappropriate. Water is life. It's, this guy's full of <laughs> spontaneity <laughs> and creativity. <laughs> agua. Um, what is agua, Jeff? Jeff, liquid. Alex. <laughs> Think of something. A Nitrogen. <laughs> liquid nitrogen. Think of a liquid at your grandma's house. Vinegar. Spam juice. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, like that. Oh. Potted meat juice. <laughs> Commodity <laughs> juice. Yogurt juice. <laughs> <laughs> Greek yogurt juice. <laughs> Which one do you guys want? The spam juice. <laughs> spam juice. Huh? Spam juice. Mm-hmm. Nutritious and delicious. All right. Okay. So, uh, verb ending in ing. So loving. Loving. Yep. Loving. Oh, baby, one more time. Oh, one time, Jim. <laughs> Our listeners haven't tuned out by now. I'm pretty sure they <laughs> You're getting them there. Okay. <laughs> a part of the body, plural, so more than one. Ooh. Eyes. Eyes. <laughs> 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 All right. Hey. Uh, Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you want? <laughs> Kahunas. <laughs> You can't use buns. We already used that one. Loins. <laughs> All right. We're going with loins. There's two of them. Okay. A plural. A plural Felt noun. It in my loins. A plural noun. A plural noun. More than one. A plural noun. More than one. Cheeks. Cheeks. All right. All right. <laughs> We're almost done. We only got a couple more. Yeah, yeah. Okay, a verb ending in ing. Another verb uh, ending in ing. Missing. Yep. Missing. Missing her. <laughs> one more time. Oh, what time? Oh, baby, one more time. One last noun, and we're done. Her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just freaking missing her. Okay. <laughs> you guys ready? Yep. All right. This is what you guys came up with. So I'm um, reading off of two different things, so bear with me. <clears throat> it was a stinky, cold November day. I woke up to the ugly smell of jailbreak. <laughs> <laughs> Roasting and Randy Boom Boom downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I slapped down the stairs to see if I could help Uncle. <laughs> oh no, help spank the dinner. My yeah, mom like... said, "See if Uncle needs a fresh bun." <laughs> so I carried a tray of glasses full of spam juice <laughs> into the loving room. <laughs> when I got there. I couldn't believe my cheeks. <laughs> uh, or no, I couldn't believe my loins. I'm sorry. <laughs> when I got there, I couldn't believe my loins. There were missing cheeks on her. There were missing cheeks on her. <laughs> 
Yeah, so, just, <laughs> just deadly that guy. You know, just deadly. Just deadly. Oh baby, Uncle one deadly. more time. Uh, you guys want to try another one real oh, quick? Oh, Jim. Or do you think that's? Uh, I think we're good to go, man. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, that was good one. One time, we'll save okay. the other one for next week. All right. We'll and if you haven't heard yet, the magic. Take Paulo Banchero. Ooh. Yeah, I knew he was going number one. one. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Paola Rancheros? Yeah. Paolo. Is it Paola or Paolo? It's Paolo, Banchero. right? Banchero. Oh, Paolo Brazilian. Paola Banchero's. <laughs> Paolo Banchero. Yeah. Man, dude's a beast, man. But How he... much is a Brazilian again? <laughs> joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you slut. How much is a Brazilian? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. It's a family show. <laughs> one more time. Uh, okay. Oh, baby, one more time. Can't believe my loins. I can't believe my loins either. It's so hot out there. Oh, man. It's all sweaty. Oh, man, I burnt myself this weekend. Oh, yeah. And, um,. Today when I was at work when that heat kind of started kicking in. Oh, like sunburn? Yeah. Oh, like, I was gonna say like how the hell'd you burn yourself? <laughs> I slept too close to the fire. Oh. Anyway, no, I oh yeah, I, I dozed off underneath the sun. Okay. But Man. anyway, I burnt myself. And so, like, the last couple of days, it started to peel. Yeah. Today, man, holy cow! I didn't think I was gonna make it. I was, I thought I was gonna have to tap out. And just like scratch. Yeah, I just wanted to. Man, I went up to that one of those I beams in there and just like trying to scratch my back. The yeah, Baloo the bear dance. So I went to your boss and just started scratching. <laughs> well, I didn't go anywhere. I was walking around like that, like, like um, Dave like Chappelle, a, like a junkie itch. Yeah, junkie itch. Just yeah, and man, I I wanted to rake my skin right off. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh. Holy cow! If I thought that would have helped, I probably would have did it. Man. No, I feel you because I got, uh, yeah, I went to water park with my kids and, like, I got burnt this on weekend? my shoulders. Yeah. And it was that past couple of days real itchy. Dang. Really itchy. And the crazy thing was is I was, like, all I had was my basketball trunks on and then they kind of, see, you can see it, like, on my knees. Ooh, la. Your thighs Damn. are just bright red. Bright red, yeah. <laughs> So I trying to I tan did, them loins. I, I mean, didn't just use your shorts. I did have my shorts on. It's not like I was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bro. Wait, wait. Oh, you mean pull them up over my legs? Yeah, uh, they were. But when I was laid down, you know how basketball shorts just slide yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> one Cute. more time. Oh, what time? Oh, baby, one more time. Slide my basketball shorts one more time. <laughs> Around the arbor one more time <laughs> at the parade dance. So yeah, it was <laughs> one more time. <laughs> All four stops. <laughs> <laughs> one more time. Uh, hey, hey. Man, I think we all warmed up, yeah. I think so. Yeah, man, we came in warmed up. I think we need to do something because I'm tired of hearing that damn song. (laughs) Okay. So tonight we're going to do our speak on it. So DJ, I'll go first, uh, and then we'll just go into the normal rotation. Mm -hmm. So DJ, if you are ready, why don't you hit me with that beat? Speak on it. 
Speak on it, bro. On it. In it, bro. Speak on it. Speak on it. Speak on it. Yay! Welcome to Mo Hugs Not Drugs Speak On It segment for June 2022. And we're coming to you live with a free 30 day trial period just for you because you have a Visa card. And I was part of my, um, when I was a telemarketer, my spiel, I talked to people like that. You still remember it? Yeah. I can't remember any of this stuff either. Um, yeah, and I just remember talking about the benefits. I just used the same benefits for everything towards the end, you know, because, I mean, it didn't matter. Anyway, so tonight we are going to talk about what I wanted to talk about tonight was just like being in the moment because uh, I see how beneficial it is. And I just read this. I've been reading up on being in the moment. There was a time there each year of my recovery, like calendar year. January to December, I always focus on something uh, for that year, and it usually just comes to me what, okay, this is what, usually I feel like about it, this is what you need to focus on this year, so that's what I um, go towards, so I know a couple years ago, my focus was uh, being in the moment, I think it was actually last year, 2021, and so that whole year, I just practiced being in the moment. Being in the here and now so that I wasn't future tripping, you know, worried about the future, what's going to happen and trying to be there constantly. Or I wasn't trying to live in the past, um, judging myself, kicking myself about what happened or if I would have did this or if she would have said this, this whenever happened, blah, blah, blah. Um, Trying to not trying to be in those two places, but just be here and be here in the now. And one of the things that I do to bring myself back to reality, bring myself to the here and now when I am future tripping or living in the past is just a very basic thing is I touch the things around me and I say what they are, laptop, phone, table, microphone, headphones. And I just now touched all those things and said what they were, because what that does is it takes you out of that future tripping and takes you out of that. living in the past and brings you right back here and i'm here i'm right here i'm in this room uh i got randy over here to my left and i got jc to my right i'm here Uh, my phone's off everybody i know everybody in my circle knows that i'm here and they don't bother me and i tell them because 86 weeks in a row this is where i am thursday nights is i'm here And with these two gentlemen recording, if I'm not here, I'm on the phone talking to one of these guys that's here. Uh, So just being here in the now. So what the, what are the benefits of that? Why, why do I want to talk about that? I think being in the here and the now for me, it really helps me to respond. And we were kind of talking about this before we came on. I was like, man, these guys are mind readers, man. Talking about what I was wanted to touch on already. Tonight, but just being in the here and the now, I find that I'm, I can respond. And part of that is like just practicing what I preach. Okay, what do I preach? I preach uh, responding to situations. I respond. I preach using your tools. I preach walking the red road, reaching out, not trying to handle it on my own, 
knowing that Bharati is in control. And that's a huge part of being in the moment for me is, <clears throat> okay, I'm here. And all I, have to cont- all I have to take care of in this moment right now is my actions and my words. Because outside of me, Akbaratiya is in control. And I can just be. I can just be right here. I don't have to worry about the future. I don't have to stress out about the past. I can just be here. And that's enough. That's all I got to do. I just got to be right here, right now, and continue to do that for the rest of today until it's time to go to bed and I go to sleep. And that's it. That's all I have to do. And it's enough. It's more than enough. And that's just so soothing to me. That's so comforting to me. That's so liberating because me, left to my own devices, I want to control everything. I want to just, you know, run amok and be reactive. I want to say something too. You know, I shared in the last episode, I kind of went going through some things at work, but I was able to respond because I've been practicing being in the moment because being in the moment is so beneficial for me and my walk on the red road that <clears throat> when I am, when people come at me sideways, then I'm just like, okay, uh, I can, what can I do here? Um, okay. I can't, I got to respond. And it always goes back to me. For, for me, it always goes back to practicing what I preach. And sometimes uh, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough pill to swallow. Because <laughs> uh, <clears throat> my pride, my pride wants to come out and like, well, how come they get to do that? How come they get to say that? How come, how come, how come I can't? Boo-hoo. You know? <laughs> I want to I go down that path because I know that path very well. I, I acted out and I operated down that path for 32 years of my life. So I know it very well. So it's very comfort, comfort, comfortable there. But to challenge myself, to practice what I preach, to respond, uh, <clears throat> that's walking the red road. And I want to walk the red road. I truly do. Um, every day. So that's kind of been where I'm at these days, as of late, just trying to be in the moment, really just trying to relish the moment, continuously just accepting that I'm here and all I got to do is control my actions and my words. Words are secret. I'm really trying to keep that in mind as I move forward here. So, uh, with that, I'd just like to open it up to you two. If there's any kind of feedback or anything from my spiel here. <laughs> I just want to know if you came up with that before or after we had our discussion earlier. No, I've been thinking about it since Monday, Tuesday. That's crazy. Man. We, I think we're on the, we're all, <clears throat> all three of us are like on the same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, what do they call it? Entangled? Physics? Phys- phys- Yo, entanglement is a bad word. Physics will call it entangled when things are on the same wavelength. So you can do something to this 
object here or this small uh, atom here and then 300 miles away the one that's entangled with it will react the same way mm. know what yeah. I mean? it's yeah, a yeah, physics yeah. thing it's weird I, I i can get into it but anyway so yeah you know that thing we were discussing earlier that's for us um but with that in mind it's like it's, it's important to remember that man like as much as i want to project myself into the future and then you know obviously i would choose good things yeah. but my, the way my mind works it's always going to this negative stuff like oh my god what if this happens or this could happen or else yeah. you know thinking about the past like oh i did this and i did that you know but to find that ability to however <laughs> and however it works for you like you know it could work differently for everybody right yeah however you keep yourself in this moment and, mm-hmm. like, my simplified version of it, or the way I always think of it is, like, when I'm at work, I think about all the hundreds of things that I have to do each day. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if I thought of all that, man, I'd be like, man, I don't even want to come here. Man, screw this job. I don't want to do this. But if I'm sitting there thinking, well, okay, I got to do that, but right now I have to do this. This has to be done first. Then I can go do that. So I'm not even going to, you know, that's going to be there when I get there. Yeah. But I'll do this. And so, like, okay, this is what I'm doing, and that's how I kind of, mm. how I kind of try to relate to that that whole thing. But the the way that I do it, and I told you guys this before, is like you know that <clears throat> mindfulness meditation. Just yeah. focus on my breathing, and not oh, yeah, yeah. not trying to control it or anything. Just <clears throat> pay attention to it, and it's crazy because after a while, like, not it doesn't take too long, where it just like it just flows. Yeah. Like, I couldn't control it if I wanted to. I mean, you start out kind of mindful of how you want it to go, right? Mm-hmm. That diaphragm. But <clears throat> after a while, you're just kind of sitting there and it's like, I don't want to say detached, but it's, you know, you're kind of like on the outside looking. We talked about this before recently, too. Like, you know, like on the outside kind of looking in. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, how one of those ways that I try to stay present. And like you said, it, it's like a blessing because... Really, to me, this is all we have. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I always talk about physics and stuff when I read that <clears throat> this is all we have. I mean, this is right now, this moment is where we're at. Yeah. So when I think about it in those kind of terms, then it makes me realize, okay, so what am I going to do with this moment? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do I have to be resentful? Do I have to be ashamed? Do I have to be angry? Do I have to be wallow in self-pity no i can choose to be at peace i don't have to be super happy all the time oh yeah but i can choose like randy's always saying that peace Mm -hmm. that peace for oneself and then you know that like like all things i think that's a choice yeah like you know i can choose to do that or whether i like it or not you know i choose to do other things you know like negative things even though i try to make up excuses and say well i just reacted or that's just you know i just snap or you know you know how the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the bs that we use so to me that's that's the most important thing and it comes in handy oh yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's an amazing tool to have the inner peace well no the, the ability to stay in the present <clears throat> at in this mindful, moment yeah mindful, mindful state i think like thinking on this conversation it just kind of trips me out how much of our conversation has been centered around mindfulness the past few episodes yeah. You know, it kind of seems like, I think to me, it's like, that's really the battle. 
right? And in today's age, when we, we become sober and we're chasing this life of recovery or seeking life of recovery, we want to get better every day. But it seems like mindfulness is really where the battle's at. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because we're all practicing to become better human beings, right? Like, we're not perfect. We have our quirks. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of things outside of our control. And I think it's human nature to want to be in control of things, right? Like, yeah. I know, like, for me, I want to, I'm like you, I want to control every situation. But it just kind of, it boggles my mind how much of our conversation lately has been surrounded around mindfulness. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, like, just being mindful. Like, even we were talking about the book, remember, um, Untethered Souls? Yeah. But it's like learning to take a step outside of your head. And even today, like, there was a situation that... uh, that arose and man, I had all this stuff going off Mm. and I wasn't practicing what I was preaching. Mm. But you know, my supervisor, man, shout out to her was like, this is what I do when, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. When I'm inside my head too much. It's like, I just go and have a direct conversation. Mm. I'm like, Oh my God. Like it's simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's simple, but it's it's a lot of times I think we're so programmed to react certain ways. Yeah. That we don't respond to these situations in ways that will be favorable to us. Yeah. You know? Because we want to be like those res kids, right? That react mm-hmm. and then yeah. really speak our mind, say how we really feel. <clears throat> but a lot of times it's... It's not productive. Yeah, it's not beneficial. It doesn't benefit us in no way, shape, or form. Yeah, and that's kind of, I think, what's been feeling my <clears throat> wanting to be more present in the moment is because I've been <clears throat> uh, finding myself being too negative. Critical. Yeah, and critical, and just um, my thoughts going negative. And that's just part of, like, oh, the way we are as addicts, alcoholics. That's what we do. And so just trying to be, like Randy said, mindful of that. Uh, just being mindful of that. And so, yeah, thank you guys for providing some feedback on that. And with that, man, I'm done. So why don't you hit that beat, son? Speak on it. Speak on it, bro. On Regular rotations, you. And that, bro. Speak on it. Speak on it. <laughs> Speak on it. Speak on it one more time. Oh, what Tajin? <laughs> Quiet on the set. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so did you guys watch that video I sent you? No. Which one? Obviously not. No. That's all right. That's no, okay. he sent it like a couple weeks ago. Oh. No, about a week ago. About nine days ago. It was ten days, <laughs> ten days ago. Ten, we'll, we'll just leave it at ten. But anyway, <clears throat> so that uh, it's a documentary uh, centered around the killing of uh, Canadian First Nations. They call them First Nations up there. Uh, a young man by the name of Christian, a young man. And... Um, <laughs> oh, I was in the middle of it. I was, <laughs> kidding. I was, uh, I was just now watching it. No, okay, so my my stepmother, I, I mean, I hate that word, my other mother, her name is Vivian A. Youngman. 
And, mm-hmm. and I told you she's from uh, Sixaga Nation in Alberta. And one of her siblings, her daughter, that's her boy. So I guess in non-native speak, that would be a grandnephew, I think. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know how that works because I don't speak that way. But I think that's how. But anyway, so yeah, it's, uh, it was my, my other mother's uh, grandnephew. And his name was Christian A. Youngman. And he was shot on March 17th, 2019. Wow. Um, and we'll just, and I'll tell you the story from the beginning. And we'll, I'll say a few more things off of this article that I have. And then I'll get your feedback. But uh, so, him and uh, in him and his couple of his buddies and uh, a girl were at a bar, and they were going to leave. And this this white kid, other kid, comes up to him and asks asks them, "Can I buy a pack of cigarettes from you?" Mm. And they said, "Yeah, but there's some missing." He said, "He said I'll give you twenty dollars for a pack of cigarettes." And they said, "Okay, but there's some missing." They told him that. Yeah. And then he gets the pack, and then he realizes, oh, there's some missing. And then he goes and tries to fight them. Mm. This white kid tries yeah. to fight these native kids over a couple of missing cigarettes. And so <clears throat> one thing leads to another. You know, they all get into a fist fight there at the bar. You know, mm-hmm. it was like a five on three, and those native boys fought the the white boys, and and then they thought that was it. But then this, this kid that, you know, the the white kid that started it all, um, he said, I'm going to go get my, stay here. I'm going to go get my brother. And he left that bar. Yeah. And, and those native kids were like, we're not going to stick around for that, you know, or, or however they thought of it. But yeah, I'm just kind of projecting my own kind of little, how I would react to it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're not going to stick around for that. So they get in their car, but they gave somebody a ride home. They're going to give somebody a ride back to his place at a, to an apartment building. So they went to this apartment building to drop this guy off, and they were going to go back to their reserve, they call them. Not reservation, yeah. but it's reserve. So they were going to go back to their reserve after they dropped this guy off. But what, as fate would have it, the place that they were going to drop this guy off was where this guy's brother lived. He lived at the same spot. Mm. So they get there, and then another another uh, confront, uh, confrontation, is that the word I'm yeah. looking for? Yeah, yeah, another confrontation. <clears throat> Started over there, and his brother came out with a rifle. Mm. So by then, those those native kids were like, "All right, you know, let's go." They all jumped in their truck. They took off. Yeah. And those two white boys, they followed them. They chased after them through that uh, Strathmore, Alberta, which is not on the reserve. It's a white town. Yeah. And they followed them outside of town on the highway, and eventually, at some point, they stopped, and the brother got off. And keep in mind, this kid's an experienced hunter. Yeah. He had videos and posts all over his social media of him hunting and whatnot. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. And he was sober. Okay. So he knew what he was doing. And these guys are driving off. They're, they're, they're leaving. They're trying to get home. Yeah. And so he shot, shot at their, he got out, they, and they said he uh, looked through his scope and shot at their truck. That bullet went through the back, went through a hockey bag, and then went through the cab and struck the Christian. Mm-hmm. And I guess when, you know, and, and the witness, the, the witnesses that were there said, "Oh, you know, he kind of buckled or whatever," and said, "I think he got me." Yeah. And then, um, so 
And the the girl was driving, and she was scared to turn around to go back to the hospital because they could have been, you know, waiting for them, right? Yeah. And that's understandable. Yeah. I get it. But long story short, he ended up passing away in his friend's arms, basically. Yeah. And so uh, recently, well, actually, um, okay, now I'm going to start reading off of this uh, this article that I got, which is from Global News. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon and Cody Giffen were both in their 20s, and they were charged with first-degree murder in his death. Yeah. And let's see. So Cody was the one that initially bought the pack of cigarettes. Yeah. And Brandon was the one who shot the rifle. He went and picked up his older brother. Yeah. And so <coughs> um, they they charged him with, man, uh, what did I say, homicide? First degree murder. First degree murder. But the judge up there, the judge in Calgary, reduced those charges to manslaughter and... I'm, I'm trying to look for the quote that the they have for the judge. Man, that's jacked up all over just the pack of cigarettes. A pack of cigarettes. Well, anyway, okay, I'm not even going to look for it. Well, I'll look for it and say it yeah. at the same time. But basically the judge said, I'm going to reduce those charges because I don't believe there was intent to hurt. What? They were just trying to scare them. And I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are my words based on what I read earlier. Uh, they weren't trying to... They weren't trying to kill anybody they were just trying to scare them and so they reduced both of those Mm. boys uh and one got four years i think the one that driver the younger one the one that started it i think that was cody Uh uh-huh he got four years he was already sentenced and the other one is going to be sentenced i think next month in july dang and they've been incarcerated ever since and canada doesn't really have a history of you know long-term incarceration like that anyway Mm. But to reduce those charges down from manslaughter or from uh, first degree murder to manslaughter, yeah, which means that you you know what you did caused the death of another person, but you didn't intend to do it, yeah. So the sentences are lighter, and so I guess, and some of the quotes on and and there's a documentary, and the name of the documentary is called A Young Man, mm. A Young Man, all one word. That's his last name. And it's on YouTube. If you search the, go into the search bar and type that in, you'll find it. And I encourage everybody to watch it because it gives the facts better than I probably just did. But um, one of the things that struck me too was the fact that the judge also said, "You went back. You you went and followed them to that apartment, so you were looking for more confrontation." Mm. So in other words, he was kind of blaming them, right? Like, yeah, should have never went over there. And bothered him, but they were dropping somebody off. They didn't know that those guys lived there. I mean, I, I, I just That's that messed part, up. that part of it. And then, uh, you know, and so one of the quotes that uh, somebody said in there was like, "We have to be the perfect victims." Yeah. I mean, what does that even mean? Why is why would that even be in our lexicon of phrases? We have to be perfect victims. Yeah. No, I get it. No, it's just like you flip that coin, you flip the script, some native kids that killed a white boy, man, they get maximum. 
Oh, okay. And check and that that's another thing that they said too. Almost word for word what you said. It's like if it was the other way around, they would have they would have got them. And so when the uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the RCMP, the the police force up there. Yeah. When they first arrived, they took the, his friends, his friends who were also native obviously, but they took these friends and locked them up for like 12 hours, no water, no nothing, no they couldn't contact anybody. They basically treated them like criminals, like thinking, you know, what did you do to this guy? Yeah. And it took them two days, two days to go and get those, to go bring those other two in Dang. to question them. And um, by that point, you could have done anything to the evidence, the rifle. Yep. You know, you could have took the scope off, say, oh, I didn't have a scope. Yep. This, that, and the other. And when they took those boys in, they said, oh, are you guys comfortable? You guys want some juice? You want, you know? Yeah. They treated them completely different. Oh, yeah. Brought him in like humans. Brought him in like humans. Yep. And um, and before I before we go into any more discussion, I just want to say that uh, listening to his mother, her name is Melody. Melody, a young man. She, when you listen to her words, she's got to be one of the. She's she's like the prime example of a strong indigenous woman. Mm. The way that she's just. Because you can't imagine the heartbreak and the loss that one feels like for, you know, for suffering that. But, yeah. But to be so grounded and, and, and saying, you know, we're not about violence. We're yeah. not about uh, retribution. We're not about any of that. She said mm. the justice, the, basically, and again, these are my words, paraphrasing, the justice system failed her son. Yeah. But. You know, it's not it's not her fault. It's not anybody else. You know, the, her supporters' fault. It's definitely not his fault. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's that onus stands on that their justice system. Yep. And so, yeah, I wanted to get that out there because um, you know this one hits close to home. It's my one of my mom's, uh, one of my mothers, one of my many mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's her, that's her family. And I know yeah. these people personally. Yeah. And so, man, it's just, that's, we see this all the time though. And, yeah. and, and the thing that I thought of first was the only time anybody ever gets serious uh, incarceration time or punishment, <clears throat> I guess, or, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's even the right word, but. The only time they're held accountable by courts when a native person is killed is when it's another native. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But I'll, I'm going to turn it over to you guys, get your thoughts on that, just, you know. Yeah, definitely the <laughs> atrocities that, you know, happened to our ancestors, the unfairness that happened to them, you know, still going on today. Uh, that just sheds more light on it, and thank you for bringing that up because there needs to be a change. Uh, we're doing all we can, but we need ambassadors, non-native ambassadors within the judicial system to be like, hey, there needs to be a fair playing field here. Because um, even in here in Billings, Montana, we're only like <clears throat> maybe 2 3% five percent of the population here in Bellings, Montana, with a population of a hundred and fifty thousand plus. But we're half the population in the county jail. Yeah. 
and we're only like 7% of the population out here. So we know just from that statistic right there that there is a lot of unfairness where when I, you know, when I was the resource outreach coordinator, I've seen the street folks, the native street folks get treated way differently than the white street folks. You know, we come up on a group of folks that were, you know, on the street drinking some beer. Um, the police officers I worked with get all huffy and puffy and get their beers and pour them out and, or make the street folks pour out their beers and really huffy and puffy and aggressive with them. But if we came across a group of Caucasians that were on the street and they were drinking beers, they would talk to them very politely, tell them, you know, ask them questions like, why are you doing this? You know better than this. And trying to level with them. And then they would tell them to pour out their beer and not forcibly or not going over there and snatching it out of their hands. Um, and sometimes they wouldn't even write them a ticket. I seen that. Mm-hmm. Viewed that firsthand. So I know for a fact that we get treated differently. But not to dwell on that. Moving forward, we're doing all we can. You know, we're protesting, we're pleading with the judicial system for changes, but we need ambassadors on the inside to push that, to push that narrative, to push that equality. Because far too many times, um, Caucasian male does a crime, a native male does the exact same thing, but you, we all know who's going to get the harsher sentence. I think we talked about it up here, right? Like a couple of weeks ago um, about the, oh, the there shootings. Was, yeah. There was a, there was like three, sh- two, sh- uh, three incidents that involved firearms. Two of them were native. Ultimately were um, uh, the end result was loss of life in both incidents Yep, uh, that involved native um, and then you had another incident very similar um, where this uh, Caucasian male had, I think the paper said, over 30 um, assault rifles or Dang. firearms. Not not assault rifles, but over 30 firearms. So he had a small arsenal. Yeah. And what you saw was police training become effective, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when, what would you say? When police training became effective, when it was employed, yeah, uh, because you saw them de-escalate the situation and not not only try to de-escalate, but they also arrested this man without shooting him. Yeah, but this man was literally walking around his neighborhood, knocking on neighbors' doors with his gun out. Yeah. So there's the, there's two different Americas, right? There's an America that we all try to assimilate in, and then there's the, another America where we're not viewed as people, yeah, uh, people of color. And I know that um, dominant culture doesn't like to address this um, obvious disregard for humanity. 
So even in the Constitution, it says it calls us merciless Indian savages. Mm -hmm. So we were dehumanized really up until, like even even today, I'd say we would battle it. Um, being dehumanized, we see it every day with the business owners. Not not all of them, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. alluding to like what you were saying mm -hmm. about Native Americans being treated um, poorly versus someone of dominant culture. But I think the farther along we go in this conversation, it becomes our duty, right? Like we have to go out of our way to make sure that they are okay, yeah. that they are comfortable, that mm. dominant culture is comfortable because this conversation is a very tough conversation. We're here to, here to build bridges, right? Like we don't hate them and they like for the most part don't hate us, but yeah. it's, it's a, it becomes a problem when the system is involved, mm -hmm. you know, because I don't think it's only one particular person, mm -hmm. right? This system has to be changed from within, yeah. meaning like we're so concerned about presidential results, presidential elections, when really the president doesn't have much power nope. in how our local community is run. So when you hear about, like, the Royal uh, Mountie Police, whatever the heck they're called, like, man, there's really no difference between Canada and America. It's all part of North America. And all of this land was stolen because they came and they tried to, what was the saying, like, uh, kill the Indian, save the man? Yep. Well, first they tried just complete. Genocide. genocide. You know, yeah. they, they attempted genocide and they attempted to kill us off and they Somebody. tried to they tried they they found ways to justify it, right? So like today we're dealing with the after effects of what happened a few generations ago. But when this conversation comes up, it becomes it makes them uncomfortable. Right? They become uncomfortable. And when they become uncomfortable, they realize that they're losing power. Like the power is being taken from them, right? Because mm -hmm. subconsciously, we know that dominant culture does get favored. Mm -hmm. Subconsciously, like at a subconscious level, we know it. And those are the issues that we're trying to address, right, in building these bridges. Mm -hmm. But it has to, like, I feel like the solution to all of this, like, right, is... is by getting people who look like us and sound like us yep. into these public offices and spaces, mm -hmm. into local city government, yep. Yep. Into, into neighborhood, like the district representatives. and You know what I mean? Yeah, native police officers. Yeah, native police officers. But, I mean, and, and we know it's a crock, right? Like, I mean, I've heard, <laughs> I've had conversations with people that are, in prominent positions in the city. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, tell them to apply. <laughs> but I have friends in law enforcement, and they know that Billings is not very favorable to Native American police officers. Mm -hmm. So they say and do the right thing, and it's like, how do we trust a police department that's been known to lie? How do we trust us? And granted, like, man, it's a hard conversation. Because in reality, like, we're not trusted 
because of the skin tone, because of our color. Yep. Or the way that we look, right? Like, so me and one of my coworkers had a conversation the other day, and we were talking. I was like, man, he's like, oh, gangster, like, and we were joking. Yeah. And then they brought up another point. I was like, oh, man, like, I wore a flannel shirt one day. And there's, like, and it was fall weather. Yeah. And this lady was, we were on the same sidewalk walking in the same direction, and she was ahead of me. And and granted, I, I knew, like, she was uncomfortable, so I, like, slowed my roll. Like, I fell back. Yep, yep. But I'm wearing a, a flannel, and it's kind of chilly. You know what I mean? Like, not yeah. quite uh, hoodie weather, but not quite warm, like, T-shirt weather, you know? Mm-hmm. But I had a flannel on, and she, like, clutched her purse, and she, like, started speeding up, and she made sure her door was locked. And, like, she went through all these preventative measures. Yep. And my coworker, who was there at the time, was like, oh, because you're dressed like a thug. Like, said it so offhandedly, like, her perception of me, no matter, like, realizing, like, okay, like, here's this guy who's, you know, in recovery, looking to build bridges, like, all the positive sides, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But her initial reaction, this lady on the street, was that I was a person of danger. And when I try, when I talked to my coworker, her immediate response to the situation was, "Oh, because you're dressed like a thug." So mm-hmm. subconsciously, flannels, even though they are very popular when worn by somebody of a different shade and skin tone, mm-hmm. is looked at as a gangster or a thug. Yeah, and not looked at as the person they're trying to become. Yeah. You know, so we base it like it's subconscious, right? Yeah. You know, I, it's funny you said you ended with that subconscious part because did you hear what you just said? Actually, two things. First, you before you started with your story, you said one of the things you said was we have to make them feel comfortable. Yeah. And you and then when you're in in your middle of your story, you said when I was walking, I knew she was uncomfortable, so I slowed my roll. Yeah. yeah. Like it was on you to make her feel okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just because you had a flannel on and you wanted to keep, you know, probably chilly out. I don't know. Yeah. No, and I get that because I get that way too. Even like when I walk out of work, if it's like some, like, you know, Caucasian female, they walk out and they're in front of me. I was like, I better slow down because, you know, if I'm walking the same speed or if I'm catching up to her, she's going to freak out. Yeah. I always think that. So I slow down too. Just like, I I don't want to. Want her to freak out, and sure enough, I started slowing down, and like I didn't even think she noticed me, but then she looked back a couple of times just to see where I was at. You know what? That reminds me of I told you the guys this story. Remember when I was said I was late for the bus? Yeah, and I was trying to run across that movie theater parking lot. Yeah, and it was broad daylight. Yeah, one this lady, Caucasian lady, coming out by, and she was crossing my path in front oh, yeah. of me, and she she glanced over, saw me running. And she just happened to be crossing my path in front of me, between me and the bus. Yeah. And she saw me, and then she just immediately flipped a bitch, started walking back the other. That means U-turn. I wasn't calling this lady uh, to all of our listeners. I mean, that's one of our terms for making a U-turn. Old school term for U-turn. I flipped a bitch. Or she flipped a bitch and started walking back the other way. Yeah. And so, and then, you know, and you you could see her, like, the same thing, like, kind of side-eyeing me. Yeah, but trying not to make it obvious. But yeah. I mean, I could see it. Oh, no, we noticed that, it. 
And that's oh, sorry. Good. So like you even like allude like check this out like so like when the whole racial stuff was happening right like and it still is but like it became aware like man America was like North America was like man like they were like they don't realize like people of color have been saying these things for centuries centuries it's not on a single incident nope so when dominant culture or a person of dominant culture so like I'll use myself for instance right like during that whole thing I like my stance was like okay justice needs to be served Mm -hmm. and most of the people that I never heard from at all were the ones commenting on my post Mm. And they all happen to be of dominant culture. Yep. Because this conversation made them uncomfortable. They wanted to control it. Yeah. Because they didn't want to look at themselves, not not maybe themselves personally either, but the system that has been created to favor dominant culture. Mm-hmm. It made them uncomfortable and it was out in the open, right? Yeah. And I've lost relationships behind this mm-hmm. because I'm like, man, we cannot be a certain way. Like we have to do this all the way. We basically have what you said earlier, practice what we preach. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to reconcile people back to each other. How do we do that? First of all, we addressed the problem like, man, we're addicts and alcoholics. Like we were, we were formerly lost in addiction, right? Mm-hmm. How did we deal with the problem that we had? We admitted yep. that, hey, there's a problem. First mm-hmm. thing. You know? January like, hey, man, I need help. I can't mm-hmm. do this alone. Yep. You know what I mean? But America and North America at that refuse to have that conversation yep. because they feel like because they are not outrightly racist, that they're not, they don't have racial tendencies yep. because what they're doing has been oppressing people of color yep. and it has been favorable to dominant culture. Mm-hmm. And because it makes them uncomfortable, we have to go out of our way and make sure that they are okay. Yeah. Right? Which is like, man, you're absolutely right. If it was if the shoe was on the other foot, and them kids would be like, no, they could have left it alone at the bar. Yeah. They could have went their separate way. But actually, wouldn't that fall under intentional and deliberate homicide? What do you mean? What part? Because they, yeah, following them. Because they had the opportunity to leave, right? Like they had the opportunity, like, but when they saw this guy come back to the same neighborhood that they, I mean, man, as fate would have it, live. Like that would be intentional, because they followed with the intent to hurt. Mm -hmm. They followed with the. Why would you get a gun? You're not shooting a warning shot off. You know how to use the scope. You know where to fire you. You know, like... Okay, look, first of all, if you're trying to scare them, they were already scared. They were leaving. They were ahead of you. They were gone. Yeah. And the other thing, too, if you want to fire a shot to scare someone, shoot it in the air. Yeah. Yeah. But to stop, get out of your vehicle, take the proper position... That would be deliberate homicide. Point it at their vehicle. Yeah. And then intentionally fire, you, you can't... 
I mean, you can't use drugs and alcohol as an excuse anyway. No. Nope. Right? I mean, no, you can't. But that's not even on the table. He was sober. Yeah. So to say that there was no intent, and the judge said something along the lines of like, uh, I believe he intended to hit the vehicle, but didn't think he actually would. Hmm. What does that even mean? Which is, that, I don't know. So it's like, even if you respond, right, in a like manner, if a person of color responded in a like manner, and you, you be, like we were, we were talking earlier, you become that angry person. Yep. They're not talking about that certain incident that happened. They're talking about your character as a whole. Like, mm-hmm. you walk around angry, like you have anger inside of you, and we don't know, we, we can't trust you now. You, well, no. not only that, you're prone to violence. Yeah. yeah. You're, you have a tendency to be violent when you're angry, so, like, this wasn't a one-time thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they portray you. Yep. That's how they perceive us. Mm-hmm. If we even lift up our tone. I remember, I don't know if I said it on air, but I remember being in discussion with a, with a person in dominant culture. And during that discussion, even though they were the aggressors, I had to sit down and sit two, three feet before these two gentlemen to make sure they were at ease. Yeah. Like, that's how conscious that I had to be. Yep. Because I understood the ramifications if I stood at their level. Yep. Because the, 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 I was never going to persuade them with what I had presented. Yep. Because if we match a Caucasian's energy, their anger, their fury, with how they're coming at us, we match it, boom, man, we're written off. We become hostile. Then we become, oh, he's just an angry native. Yep. We better let him go. Just like the rest of them, they're all angry. Yep. And at the world. And they get to keep their jobs. They get to keep their lovely life. But then we're out. We're out. We're kicked out. We're put in a box. We're judged. We're ridiculed. They were better than them. And then we're out. Um, Things we got to deal with on a daily. And yeah, and that's, you know, you guys already said it. That's one of those, it's a tough conversation because. Like on the one hand, you know, that, that frustration and that anger does want to boil up to the surface. Yeah. And yet we all, we all know that that, that doesn't solve anything, right? Mm. Um, you sh- I mean, I, I really encourage everybody, you two uh, and all of our listeners to go watch that documentary and read a couple of the stories online about it, especially what uh, his mother Melody was saying. Some of her quotes are really powerful. Right on. About, you know, I'm going to maintain my peace. I'm going to live in love and kindness and, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just a a really powerful lesson in the futility of trying to use aggression against aggression. You know what? You know a solution to the problem? Montana is perfect prime example, right? Montana has seven different native reservations. Yeah. Around those native reservations are places, towns that have for decades made millions off of Native American money. Mm-hmm. You know what would get them to change their behavior? Is if Native Americans and people of color started supporting minority-owned businesses. 
mm-hmm. and stopped investing in places that encourage blatant discrimination. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a particular town that, that, man, they formed a whole freaking city force because they refused to take... Um, they refused to be under the power of a Native American sheriff and under sheriff. Mm. You know? But the way that we take their power away is by playing their game. Yep. Getting people of Native American uh, descent or, or people in city government, getting people in county offices to change the narrative. Mm-hmm. Change it from the inside out. That's how they built it. And that's how we got to take power back. But also, if we take our dollar away from these businesses, they lose their influence. Because we have Native Americans and people of color that are very creative and that are very entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. And you take the power of the dollar away. Right? Because we think creating uh, um, more police officers' jobs is what protects us, and it's not. Mm. We need people that are freaking rehabilitated. We need people that are like, man, like that, that take a step away from the substances and realize who they are coming back out. Yep. You know, and we need people like, man, that look like us, sound like us, everything in offices. Mm-hmm. Local, local offices. Not yep. to be a politician, but that's what we need. Yeah. Not me, though. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> no, I just said, nah. But oh, you know I was going mean? to give you my vote. I don't even vote. But that's how, like... That's why I don't vote. Because you're not running. <laughs> you run, I vote. Go ahead. Finish your... But, but I feel like that's, that's how we change the narrative. Yep. Is by we address that problem. We take our dollar away and we put it in places that will benefit us. Yeah, just kind of like the FUBU motto. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For us, by us. Because where do we go when we get per cap? Here. Bro, we come to... Wally probably World. Walmart. We probably... Most of us don't have a checking account, so we go to Walmart... We cash our check, and they charge us a freaking cash ch- check cashing fee, mm-hmm. right? So that goes to Walmart. But how much of that goes into our local economies? Zero to none. They say that, econ- they, they say that uh, uh, currency has to pass through your economy seven times for it to be going back in. Mm. You know? So... A couple of weeks ago, we went to a different reservation, and in that reservation, I saw some little sleepy farm towns. Mm-hmm. Man, they had, like, multimillion-dollar, like, freaking farms and, like, stores and, and a nice town pump in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, how does a town of, like, freaking 100, 200, 300 people thrive in this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's because that money's been pumping. Yep. They're farmers, they're ranchers, they're pumping into their local economy. Mm-hmm. And it's exchanging hands. That's how that small town thrives. Mm-hmm. But same thing can go for our freaking, our reservations, bro. Yep. Like, we have the tools, but we got to learn how to say no to Walmart. Just say no to Wally World. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, you know, getting back on point. Um, at the <laughs> at, Well, you know, at the end of the day. A young man's life was lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, a family was devastated. Yep. And in being true 
to empathizing and seeing others as humans, yep, we have to understand that those two brothers, those white boys, excuse me, the Caucasian males, gentlemen, gentlemen their families were affected too. Yep. Yeah. And so, to me, that's the bottom line was the the tragedy of it all over a few missing cigarettes. Yep. But to unravel that and peel it all back and realize what really goes into all that mm-hmm. is an important topic. It's an important discussion and, you know, it's one of those things that we're going to have to engage in going forward. Yeah, and we'll definitely, I mean, it's going to come back up. I know it. Because we always, it always comes up for us because we, we're living it out. See it. Um, but I think, I mean, like, that doesn't take away from the fact that they did lose a family member, right? Yeah. And it sucks because it's a lot deeper than just that one incident. And, you know, and just for our listeners out there who, who may not be uh, native or indigenous or whatever, you know, before they had Canadian U.S. border, all of that was indigenous land. So those people up there are our relatives. Mm-hmm. And in this case, for our family, even more so. Um, so we just want you to know that our, our love, our thoughts, our prayers, and all of our positive energy we're sending your way. You know, we're with you. Mm-hmm. And we, I just felt it was important to kind of get this out there. I wanted as many people to watch that documentary as possible. Yep. Just because it's, it's an important thing. I'm yeah. glad you brought it up, though. Speak on it. Speak on it, bro. Speak on it. bro. Speak on it. Speak on it. Speak on it. Hello, episode 86. We didn't even do that. I know. <laughs> Better late than never. Um, singing right away. <laughs> but tonight, I, I mean, man, after that heavy, heavy topic, man, prayers and, and, and really condolences to the family of that young man. Um, he, sh- he should have never lost his life prematurely at the hands of somebody that is living a life full of hate. Um, but on the flip side of all that, tonight I wanted to highlight twenty-one-year-old uh, Marjan Beauchamp hey. from the Yakima Indian Reservation out there in Washington. Hey. This young man almost gave up his basketball career after graduating high school in 2020. Um, he, he invested his future into like a training. Uh-huh. And then 2020 happened and all the gyms freaking closed down. Uh. Dog, so he like uh. packed up and he moved back home to mom's house. Dang. But when he moved into mom's house, he was depressed. Like, he, he felt down in the dumps because his dreams didn't plan out, his plans didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. So he enrolled himself into community college and started playing basketball. Right on. And in that, in, in his, in his uh, while playing for Yakima Valley College, 
He led the team in a 12-game pandemic-shortened season. He averaged 30.7 per game, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists. Nice. Mm -hmm. And that's how he knew that his NBA dream was still alive. This is 2021. Yeah. So all these major colleges who initially showed interest in him, they started reaching out again. Um, The program manager, Rod Strickland, went to see Beauchamp in person. Uh, trying to see that if he was a good fit. But tonight, he gets to sit in the green room in the NBA draft. Hey! Ha, ha, hey. <laughs> Meaning that the probability and the chance for him to play in the NBA next year is high. Very high. Super high. Yep. Not everybody gets to sit in the green room. Yes, sir. But, man, I just wanted to freaking shout him out. Marjan Beauchamp, man, thank you. And and kind of to, to go back to the last part of my conversation, man, that's why it's important to invest in our Native American communities, invest in our Native American sports athletes, invest in our Native American whatever they want to be, man, because we have the talent, we have the work ethic, we ha- we, uh, we, we're worth it, man. Yes, sir. And it's about our time to shine. Yes, sir. So shout out Marjan Beauchamp. Yes, sir. Your guys' su- thoughts. Uh, no, I'm super proud of him. I just now found out about that recently this week, too. And I was like, oh, that's cool, man. That's awesome. And, you know, he's an example. He's the he's the role model. He's like he's the one, you know, that our kids will look up to uh, any aspiring athlete or any just native youth um, looking up to. And they're like, oh, yeah, they're doing they did it. They did it. So then maybe I could do it. Yes. You know, because I purposefully expose my kids to that, to native athletes that are doing something, our young native people that are doing something. I expose my kids to that. I say, look, I'll see, look, they're doing it. See, they're doing that. You could do that too. You could probably maybe even do it better. That's how I talk to them about that. And this is just another awesome example of a young native youth pursuing his dreams. And now it's tonight. He's sitting in the green room. At the NBA draft, man, that's freaking awesome. <clears throat> that is pretty awesome. And, you know, you got to think that there's time, you know, he had these ups and downs. Oh, yeah. These battles that he had to go through with that perseverance, that resilience, that stick to I mean, all that hard work has paid off. Yes, in sir. the end, even though he probably shed a few tears along the way, mm-hmm. blood, sweat, and tears that he gave. And now look at him. He's sitting in the green room. Heck yeah! In the NBA, I mean, could you could you imagine that? Could Man, you, that was my dream <laughs> to, to be sitting in the green room at the NBA draft. Like, hey, I wonder if they called his name yet. Oh man, well, I guess we can check, but we'll we'll check, we'll check it out later. We'll report back on it. But yeah, that's I mean, man, it's so awesome to you know, especially some of the deep stuff we we covered tonight. You know, to end on that high note. Yes, sir. To know that. That we have all this potential and all this ability and all this, you know, strength and and positive things that, you know, each and every one of us possess, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we can do anything we want to do. We can be anything we want to be. We can have anything we want to have. Yes, sir. But we have to do it right. Yep. Nothing 
can come anything that comes easy isn't worth it and yeah. if it's worth it it won't be easy yes sir yes sir so super proud of this guy preach it preacher and that man did you that was a pretty impressive stat line huh wow yeah no nah, man averaging 30 and 11 30 and, and 5, five. <sighs> man that's awesome so you know that's hard to do i mean it's really hard to do it's hard to get 30 <laughs> yeah it's hard to get 20 yeah I mean, even you know, at open gym, when you play like five games, it's hard to get 30 points total. <laughs> total, yeah. I mean, it's hard to make five shots. Yeah. No, it's definitely a difficult thing. So what he's done, what he's been able to accomplish, and, uh, you know, it is just the beginning for him. You know, I'll definitely be watching and rooting him on. He's definitely on the radar. Yeah. And, you know, on that note, there's like a local celebrity Raekwon Evans, he went to Skyview here in Bellings, and he played for Florida State, and he's come, he came back to this community, and he's holding camps. Uh, shout out to him. That's awesome. Seeing him around. Uh, my, my son went to his camp, had a good time, learned some things, so that was cool that he did that. And he had like a three-day camp and only charged 25 bucks because wow. he knows that, you know, he wanted all these native kids to come to it. And it was, man. I was packed out with Native kids at his camp, and it was cool. That's awesome. I know, and they got to see him, you know, and, like, my son was like, oh, is that guy who was playing on TV? I was like, yeah, that's him right there. That's the same dude. Yeah, that's the same dude, man. He's right here. He's making you do drills. So that's We're cool, you know. Putting in that work. Yes, sir. So it's cool, you know, seeing these Native athletes, Native professionals rising up. And like Randy was saying, he had to dip out. But, uh, you know, he loves you guys. He appreciates you guys all over Flat Earth. And just, you know, what he was saying, support, you know, let's support each other as we're moving forward. Let's get out of that crab pot mentality. Let's kick that bucket over and everybody get out and support each other in every way, every day and every way. Uh-ho. Uh-ho. Okay, let's, let me ask you this. Yeah. If the earth is flat. <laughs> yes. How come when the sun's going down, the light shines on the bottom of clouds? Because one more time, <laughs> oh baby, one more time. And that's how we deflect, ladies. <laughs> and <gentlemen>. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we ain't got enough time. That's a whole episode, baby. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't even mean <laughs> to open that can of worms. I know we're trying to close here, and you want to go for another hour. We won't. We won't. We won't put you guys through that because he, he and I will go all night about just that one might, thing. Might turn into fisticuffs. <laughs> <laughs> Start slugging each other. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good. I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. You know, Belling's First Church. Man, love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Biggest sponsor, Barjan Books. Um, was it uh, Travis Diamond, Floberg, and Berkshire Realty sponsoring us and one of our biggest supporters, you know, Reverend Reverend Michael Mulberry. You know, he actually bought the equipment initially that we were using. So, you know, shout out to him. Anybody else you can think of right offhand? I can think of a lot of people, but. Oh, our families, our parents, family, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, you know, um, shout out to uh, Debbie and Orville. Oh, Debbie Dejarle. and Orville. Yes. Native Wellness Life. Native Man, Wellness shout Life out to magazine. them. Uh, shout out to the Native American Development Corporation. They've brought us in a couple of times already to MC the Yellowstone County Suicide, Yellowstone Valley Suicide Prevention Coalition. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. bringing, us again, uh, bringing us in again this year to do their um, suicide, conf suicide prevention conference. Moderators this time? Yeah. 
moderators that will be there on the whole show. And, you know, shout out to the the Tucson Indian Center. <laughs> That's Tucson for us English-speaking folks. <laughs> yeah, they're going to bring us in for a virtual event. Man, that's freaking awesome. That is that is pretty awesome. So um, if you heard any of that, the one thing you might want to take away is there's a lot of different avenues and, and, and um, programs, institutions, however you want to say it. There's a lot of different ways that you can get help for anything that you might need. Yes, sir. And all you got to do is take that first step and start looking. Um, a lot of resources out there that you can utilize. And, of course, our listeners out there, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And keep on spreading the unword, unspoken words gospel. Baby, one more gospel. time. And, you know, in, I can't even say how much we appreciate you guys for listening those that have been been with us from the beginning, those who are just now tuning in and catching up on our episodes, thank you. Aho, we appreciate it. We are nothing without you. This is for you, the listener. Yeah. I might benefit from it, but ultimately it is to help one another. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We just want to share our experience, strength, and hope. And shout out to the man upstairs, Akbaradir. Aho. Egypt Badish. Yeshua Hamashiach. Aho. And with that, I only got one more thing to say. Baby, one more time. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, that guy's baby, name was? one more time. What? What did you say? That guy's name was? Uh, which one? The guy that makes those. Oh, his name is Mark Reblet. Do not listen to it because it's going to get stuck in your head. One more time. I'm sure there are other ones. Baby, one more. Yeah, he's kind of out there, but that's kind of one more of his tamer songs. But yeah, check it out. It's time to say goodbye. <laughs> About to say goodbye. All right. We'll be back next week, better than ever, for episode 087. Shout out to oh, Aaron Stops. 087. <laughs> All right. 100, man. We out. Shinnick. Later. What's up, Hollerichi Boy? This is your favorite Indian, JCB. Hey, yo. It's Randy B, a.k.a. Pod Gotti. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, aka Mo Hugs Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.